Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I have to ask you, Jim, not to listen to what I'm about to say as a rector of one of the larger parishes in the country previously. And John, don't do what I'm about to do in this congregation. And Noel, well, you can tell Jeffrey when he gets back that I'm doing what I'm doing. We're not supposed to tell you about how we reached sermons, not the process, but there are some days when I read the gospel and there's just nothing that jumps out of it. And then I go to the New Testament and there's nothing that jumps out of that. Although, Marion, I have to say that if I had heard you read, I'd be preaching to you today about sin. <laughs> Not that you said it that way, just that the words jumped out. And the psalm was nice, but it didn't say anything. And Jeremiah just didn't hit a chord with me. So I went to the collect for today. And I want to talk about foundations of faith. Foundations of faith. I've always enjoyed building things. Every time I go into a Toys R Us or a school box educational store to buy something for our children's formation program, I find myself looking at the wooden blocks thinking that I'm going to buy myself a set of them because it brings back wonderful memories of building things as a child, getting these tall structures, at least they were tall to us, and then knocking them over and rebuilding them again. Back in the days when I played solitaire on something other than a computer screen, after losing several games in a row, you would find me building a card castle, a card house, and take me to the beach and I will dig in the sand even to this day and spend hours and hours building my imaginary drift, drip castles, or real drip castles, that are my imaginary homes. One of my fondest childhood memories is a sandbox experience, many, many, many days, in fact, several years in a row with one of my friends who lived just behind me. His name was Pat Wooten, and he had this wonderful large brick sandbox. And because it was brick, it had to have a drainage hole in it, and so at the very bottom there was a brick that was left out and it was filled with marvelous Chattahoochee River sand, not the white place sand, but Chattahoochee River sand. And we would take, there were also lots of loose bricks, and we would create these little, we would dig down and we'd create these corridors and these tombs and a treasure room over here and a room with um, for burial over there and, and we would put our onyx statues and our rhinestones in boxes and we even had little mummy caskets that we would put in the burial room. And then we would cover those passageways and rooms with bricks and then we'd build a pyramid on top of it. Now these, this was in the day that the Egyptian government was building the High Aswan Dam and the Nile River was backing up on some major archaeological sites. And so we decided that we needed to flood our pyramids. <laughs> and we would block the bottom drain and we would drop block the top drain. We'd go get the garden hose and we'd fill the sandbox full of sand. Fine. Except we hadn't put foundations anywhere other than right above our passageways. And the first couple of pyramids collapsed until we found the value of a sure foundation. 
We had to go back in and recover all of our destroyed artifacts rather than those that have been preserved. We did this number of years, and whenever the cold weather would come, we would have to put away our archaeological imaginations and wait for the next digging season. Now, having told you this story, and as a geologist, I cannot resist focusing today's lesson, sermon, on the Collect of the Day. It reminds us that the church is built on a foundation, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and most importantly, on Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. It calls us to be joined together in a spirit of unity in order that we can build and be a temple upon, built upon the foundation of our faith. To build a community that can endure all kinds of troubles, all kinds of sufferings, all kinds of persecutions. In most of our lifetimes, certainly in mine, we can recall the persecution of the church in Russia or in China, or in North Korea. And we see those churches springing up again anew, blossoming and growing, and proclaiming the good news of Christ crucified and raised from the dead. At this very moment in Zimbabwe and in other nations around the world, perhaps controlled by extremists of other religions, the church is being persecuted and sought after to be killed. But these communities continue to survive and to thrive underground, quietly proclaiming the good news to each other until such a time that they can again lay the foundation for public worship. And as we near the 4th of July, we remember that we are truly blessed to live in a nation where we can gather together in public on the corner of North Avenue and West Peachtree and worship our Lord and Savior. A properly laid foundation of faith has carried many, many, many individual people in the course of my ministry through dark and dangerous times, through disease and death and illness, through joy and hope and celebration, through times that were good and times that were not so good. When it seemed that all has been lost, I have seen faithful people grasp strongly onto their faith and to know that Christ will carry them through that which they face. Most of you know that today I stand humbly before you, humbly before you, as one who has recently experienced and still experiences the journey that Christ is with me on and with Susie on. I thank God for the foundation of my faith and the strength of Susie's faith and the fact that I could call her between services to make sure that she was okay and to tell her that I miss seeing her in this congregation as she was here every morning, every Sunday morning. This parish has lived out the gospel imperative to us and for us in so many ways, and we continue to do that, not just when someone's in need or in trouble, but we do it in big and small ways. We do it locally and we do it globally. We do it in a personal manner and we do it in a communal manner. We, as a congregation founded on the faith, give sips and glasses of water 
to the least of those among us, many times not knowing their names or their faces, but also many times face to face, one to another, in the name of Jesus. So, you're not so sure about your personal foundation of faith? Are you wondering just what it is that I am talking about? Do you want to know more? That's okay. That's why we are here. That's why there are over 20 people on staff of this parish who prepare day in and day out, give of their lives, their time, and their energy. Yeah, it's a job, but it's more than that. It's a ministry. So that you can come here on Sundays and throughout the week and have a smorgasbord of opportunities for learning, for worship, and for growth. Okay, maybe in the summer months it gets a little lean. But God doesn't take a vacation, and we don't either. Well, we all take a vacation, but not all at once. Anyway, that is why we are here, and that is why we have gathered together this morning around this altar to be fed that we may feed the world. My grandmother, my mother's mother, whom we affectionately called Donna, was 88 years old, a lifelong moss-backed Episcopalian who, whenever she traveled through Virginia, would stop just over the state line to kiss the ground of her state of birth. (laughs) So proud of that. Came to my graduation from Virginia Theological Seminary. I say Virginia because of her connection with the state, not because I think it's the best seminary in the church. (laughs) This was in mid-May. Ten days later, after her return to Atlanta, she suffered a devastating stroke. She couldn't walk. She couldn't speak. She couldn't barely move. Just days after the stroke, I was ordained deacon in the church, and I asked Bennett Sims if I could take her communion and do what we call, perform what we call a deacon's mass, which is a little bit more than what our Eucharistic ministers do with homebound or sick people on a weekly basis. I carried elements that had been consecrated just around the corner at her beloved St. Luke's Church the day after I was ordained, and my mother and father and I gathered around her bedside at Piedmont Hospital. Remember, she had not been able to put more than two words together, and usually it was "Uh uh-huh or yes or no or "Mm mm-mm. She said all of the Nicene Creed with us. She said all of the General Confession with us. She said all of the Lord's Prayer with us. And we stood there with tears in our eyes. I learned a lot that day, my first full day as a deacon. I learned a lesson that day about strength about the value of a foundation of faith, about the liturgy of this church. The point of a prayer book is that you get to the point where you don't need to have it in your hand to do the service. That foundation never left my grandmother. And shortly thereafter, several weeks later, she was released from the hospital on the 3rd of July, if my memory serves me correctly. She got up on the morning of the 4th. She put on her favorite dress and her makeup, her lipstick. She had her six-ounce Coca-Colas, still in those little real bottles, green. She 
watch the Braves win, which was a little rare in those days. She listened to the Boston Pops and Arthur Fiedler and their Fourth of July concert. And sometime in the wee hours of the 5th of July, my grandmother slipped quietly and safely into the kingdom of God. I have no doubt about that because I have no doubt about the foundation of her faith and the strength of it. I have long remembered that moment in the hospital. I have long desired to have that strong a foundation of my faith, and I continue to this day to work on it. And I invite you to join with me in strengthening and building of your personal faith. And I invite you to join with me in the building and strengthening not only of this parish, but in the ministry of Christ Jesus to the world about us, that the world may know that Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord of our lives, and strong, faithful presence in all times and in all places. Amen.